in-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News Today. Another morning of cancellations for Southwest Airline passengers. We have a live look this morning at the Southwest arrivals at Austin's airport. And we're counting about 120 flights canceled today at AUS, according to Flight Aware. And that is just to start off your morning. Good morning, everyone. Hoping it's a better one than yesterday. I'm Sally Hernandez. I'm Erica Brenna. Southwest canceled 62% of its flights nationwide today, about 2,500 total. KXAN's Ryan Chandler heard from one flight attendant who said the airline's problems actually can't be blamed on the weather. I bought a flight to go home on Monday. I want to go home on Monday. Patients running short in a very long line. I can't get a flight out until Sunday. Thousands stranded in Texas as Southwest stalls out. After this, do you think you'll fly Southwest again? No. I have a Southwest visa and I'll be canceling that and getting a new air one with air, different airline miles. Here in Austin, many of the people in this long line are not even trying to fly out today or tomorrow or the next day. The nearest flight available for many of these people six days from now. Southwest has been weathering the same winter weather as the other airlines, but if you see Delta and Alaska, their lines are running smoothly. That's why many Southwest employees who have worked in this industry for decades say that the problem is not the storm, but the system. It's been the saddest day in Southwest Airlines history because all of this is generated by Southwest Airlines decisions. Lynn Montgomery has worked as a flight attendant for 27 years, and she says in that time, Southwest's technology hasn't changed much. We have an archaic method of having to communicate with crew to get reassignments, reschedules via telephone. So if you have 1,200 changes at one time, that means a crew scheduling team has to reach out to 1,200 individuals. She says there's plenty of staff ready and eager to fly, but they're just as stuck as the passengers. What's happening to Southwest Airlines flight attendants right now are things that, that we'll never, ever be able to recover from, right? The mental fatigue, the physical stress. Southwest says the apologies have only just begun. Cold comfort for the passengers still very far from home. This is hot weather, and they need to come out and tell the truth and compensate everyone for all their time. Ryan Chandler, KXAN News. Well, federal lawmakers have condemned Southwest's failures. Democratic Congressman Colin Allred represents the Dallas district where Southwest is based, and he calls this a catastrophic collapse. It says, giving the federal support they received, the public deserves answers. Video Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg met with Southwest CEO just yesterday. And his office told Southwest that they expect the airline to live up to the commitment that it's made to passengers, including providing meal vouchers, refunds, and hotel rooms, adding they will take action if the airline fails to fulfill its obligations. Now, they've seen, we've seen a number of airports with unclaimed luggages overflowing in some spots because of this compounding issue with Southwest. And in some cases, bags were misrouted and separated from their owners. In fact, one traveler from Southern California was able to locate his bag, even though Southwest couldn't find it, because he used some new personal technology and a little forward thinking to find it at Love Field in Dallas after his flight was canceled. Before I left uh, California, I slipped an Apple AirTag into my luggage. And so that's how I was able to keep track of where it was at. Even though Southwest, they weren't helping me specifically, I was able to just look down my phone and just keep track of it and see where it was at. 
Here's something to consider going in depth. The FAA's most recent report shows the number of mishandled bags is up across the industry. For Southwest, so far this year, the airline has been about fifth best at keeping track of your luggage among U.S. carriers. But that was still more than 400,000 bags mishandled from January through September. That's just for Southwest. U.S. regulations require airlines to compensate passengers for lost, delayed, or damaged luggage. That's up to $3,800 for a domestic flight. However, airlines have different time standards for when declaring a bag lost. The Transportation Department says most declare a bag lost after five days or even up to two weeks. Bottom line, file a claim as soon as you can. You might even have to file more than one claim. Exactly, the airline may also require receipts of proof of items that you, that were in your bag. So be specific of those stubs for your checked luggage, keep them, uh, luggage rather. And if you have those, make sure you turn them in. The tracking numbers will likely be needed in any kind of claim that you file. Mm. Lots of people impacted by this. Uh, Rich is here watching the weather to see how, how the weather is gonna impact if any of the flights leaving in or out of ABIA, Rich? We're gonna be fine today, Sally and Erica. We really don't have much in the way of any significant weather. It's clear sky for most of us right now. There are some clouds that are moving in through the hill country where temperatures are a little bit warmer, but there's no precipitation. Our next chance of rain is going to come tomorrow, and most of that is going to be east of I-35. So this morning, we are dry. Temperatures in the hill country are in the 40s and 50s. It is 50 at Streeter, 51 at Horseshoe, Bay and Marble Falls, 52 at Kingsland. Coldest is 41 at Lano. In the metro, we are mostly in the 40s. We have a few at 39. Kyle, the airport, Maynard, it's 43 at Camp Mabry after a high yesterday of 59. And in our eastern viewing area, the lowest temperatures are in Fayette County, where we're in the mid and upper 30s. 37 at Round Top, 36 at LaGrange in Bastrop County, 38 at Rosanke, 40 in Elgin. Winds this morning are coming out of the south. We get some breezes in the hill country. 10 to 15, we'll see double-digit wind speeds across most of the area today. Uh, sunshine this morning, scattered clouds this afternoon, and today we start a string of 70-degree high temperatures. We've got two chances for rain coming up. We'll detail that in first warning weather university today is a lesson on cold fronts. All that coming up in just a little bit in first warning weather. Buffalo continues to deal with the aftermath of heavy snow. The blizzard in western New York has led to 32 people dying. More than four feet of snow fell at the Buffalo airport, which should reopen today. Wind gusts over the weekend blew at hurricane force. That's 74 miles per hour and higher. The blizzard trapped hundreds of motorists. Grocery stores reopened Tuesday for the first time since Friday. The governor of New York called this, the storm the blizzard of the century. Blizzard conditions began Friday morning and lasted until Saturday night in some areas of Buffalo before the snow band shifted south on Christmas Day. Rich, thank you. A Travis County grand jury did not indict an Austin police officer in connection with the January 2021 deadly shooting. And according to the Travis County DA's office, the grand jury did not indict Officer Luis Serrato in the death of Alex Gonzalez Jr. Serrato's lawyers said last night that they look forward to their client returning to the job. According to police officers, shot Gonzalez as he was outside of his car and reaching into the back seat. His family's attorney says Gonzalez was checking on a baby inside the car when he was shot. 
President Biden reacts to a setback on his administration policy on the border. Coming up, the latest ruling from the Supreme Court. And when we will see the tax returns of former President Donald Trump. Former President Donald Trump's tax returns will be released later this week. And the spokesperson for the White House says that the Ways and Means Committee, the plans to release the redacted tax documents will be released on Friday. The congressional panel received six years worth of returns last month after a lengthy court battle that ended with the Supreme Court ruling in the committee's favor. The tax documents will be entered into the congressional record as well, expected to include Trump's tax returns filed between 2015 and 2021. Major retirement news in the NFL. The announcement from a former Houston Texans player coming up. A Christmas present, 21 years in the making for one couple. And all it took was just one question from a plumber with a good eye. It was an amazing night at Moody Center for Marcus Carr, the Longhorn, with some record tying and record breaking numbers. I'll have more on that coming up. Welcome back, everyone. The immigration policy allowing asylum seekers to be turned away at the border will remain in place for now. Five Supreme Court justices granted an emergency request by Texas and 18 other Republican-led states that sought to prevent Title 42 from expiring. The decision temporarily stops a ruling by a district judge that would have ended the immigration policy last week. The justices also agreed to have both sides come to the court to plead their case in February. <laughs> President Biden noted a final decision will come for several months. The court is not going to decide until June, apparently. And in the meantime, we have to enforce it. But I think it's overdue. Title 42 was invoked during the Trump presidency when the COVID-19 pandemic broke out. More than 2 million people have been expelled at the border as a result of Title 42. Going in depth here, Governor Abbott says it's that close to 16,000 migrants have been bussed from the Texas border to Democratic-led cities. D.C. has seen the most of nearly 9,000. New York, just under 5,000. Over 1,500 to Chicago and more than 600 to Philadelphia. A recent home improvement project just paid off for a couple in Florida. Yeah, this story has had a lot of uh, chatter in the newsroom. Nick and Shayna Day lost her engagement ring after she accidentally flushed it down the toilet at her in-law's home 21 years ago. They tried searching for it, drained the septic tank, and they found nothing. Now then, the couple had to replace the ring, of course. Uh, they always wondered where the original went. That was until recently when the in-laws decided they needed to get the toilet replaced and brought in the plumber who had a question. And he said, do you think it's Shana's ring? And I looked at it again and I went, oh my God, yes. So when we opened it up, both of, both of us <laughs> knew exactly what it was. As I told my daughter earlier, that was kind of an ugly cry. I sat there and I was like, oh my gosh, this is my ring. This is my ring. <laughs> so shocking. The ring was thoroughly cleaned and wrapped up as a Christmas present by Nick's parents and given as a surprise to the couple. Looks good as new. I mean, honestly, I think I'd still wear it. Yeah. There's nothing bleach can't take care of, you know? <laughs> Give it a exactly. good wash. Exactly. 
Exactly. It's a great story. Another <laughs> one of these wonderful Christmas stories that has a really happy ending 21 years later. Exactly. All right. Good morning again, everyone. We are looking at a live look from the Austonian Weather Cam downtown. A very pretty picture. We have a clear sky for most of the area now, and the temperatures are in the 40s and 50s. Well, late yesterday afternoon, there was an update to the cedar pollen in the morning on uh, Monday, uh, Tuesday. The cedar count was low, but during the day, David checked it again, and now cedar moderate uh, late yesterday afternoon, and the molds were moderate as well. Highs were warmest in the hill country, as we suggested they would be, because the front did not affect folks in San Seba, Llano, Gillespie, Mason counties there. High temperatures were in the lower half of the 60s. For the rest of us, the mid and upper 50s, 59 the high yesterday, Camp Mabry, 3 degrees below normal. Today, we are going to peak in mostly the upper 60s to low 70s. A temperature range that we will have for tomorrow as well, even with the rain that is coming. So clouds overspread the area gracefully through the morning, and then we're uh, going to find them back again Thursday morning. During the overnight hours, there's 2.30. Showers begin coming in from the south and continue off and on into the noon hour. We continue to see the rain mainly east of I-35 and introduce thunderstorms coming late in the afternoon for Bastrop, Fayette, Lee, and Milam counties, and that's where we'll see some of the heavier rain. As we'll see by the rain projections here, this is going out to 3.30 Thursday, just a few hundreds. But watch what happens for our viewers in Giddings, LaGrange, Flatonia, looking for some quarter to half inch uh, rainfall amounts. And there could be a little bit higher than that in Lee County. Meanwhile, then we go into the weekend. Everything looks good. And then another frontal system heads to the area, increasing the chance of rain on Monday into Monday night. The front comes across the area, leaves us with a northwest wind on Tuesday. And the rains for Monday. Again, an update. We had higher numbers about half an hour ago, but the update from the American model says just a few hundredths of an inch up to maybe a tenth, so it's a fast-moving system. 73 today <clears throat> with a south wind at 10 to 20 and gusty. Cloudy tonight. Fog develops overnight in the morning. 59. Seven-day forecast. Look at all these 70s that we have going into Monday. Saturday will be sunny with a high of 78 and at midnight Saturday night into Sunday, a mostly clear sky and temperatures in the mid to upper 50s. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Hi, good morning to you. What a night for Longhorn Marcus Carr. Texas playing their final non-conference game before opening Big 12 play. Longhorns welcome in A&M Commerce. First year Division I program, Rodney Terry, game four as a Longhorns acting head coach. Horns getting a little break and maybe a little sluggish coming out more than 10 minutes in and it was tied up at 14 and then Carr starts to go off. He ran off 17 of the Longhorns next 19 points and he was dialed in from long distance dropping three after three after three. How many? Well, how about a school record eight in the first half? How about outscoring A&M Commerce by himself? In the first half, that's right, he scores 33 points. That ties a UT record held by Jim Krivax back in 1978 for points in a half, most ever in a first half. Second half, well, well, he kind of dialed it down a little bit. Still got a career high tying 41 points for the ball game. First 40-point game for a Longhorn since not T.J. Ford. He was dishing out assists. Reggie Freeman in 1996. And for Carr... Standing ovation and then questions about breaking that first half record with those 33 points, but one shy of the mark. Not to say I didn't want to break it, but you know, that wasn't as much of, as, um, 
you know, importance to me. I didn't know what the record was. I didn't know that I'd even tied it until they put it on the board. So um, Timmy kind of looked at me and said, get one more. But, you know, honestly, at that point, I was really just focused on, you know, I was trying to get better on defense throughout the game. So we're ready for Saturday. Yeah, no, definitely most of the shots that I put up felt really good. <laughs> I thought they were going in. Um, my teammates just kept giving me confidence after they seen me knock down the first couple. Um, you know, they just said, we're going to look for you, you know, keep shooting, keep knocking them down. So credit to them getting me looks all game, and um, I was just able to knock some down. Longhorns 11-1. They go to Oklahoma on Saturday. UT women in action tonight also against AM Commerce before their Big 12 opener. Meantime in the NBA, well, Luka Doncic says, I'll see your 41, Marcus, and raise you 19. He scores a Mavs record 60 last night in their overtime win at the Knicks. Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian and the Longhorns and Washington Huskies. One of the more unique bowl game rallies of all the bowl games on the Riverwalk. And for the players in the river, Bijan Robinson, Roshan Johnson not playing, but with the team as they are T-minus one day away from their showdown with Washington later this morning. Steve Sarkeesian and Washington's Kalen DeBoer will have one final news conference and they'll kick it off tomorrow night. Back to you. Thanks, Roger. Former Houston Texans star J.J. Watt, he's retiring. The Arizona defensive end says Sunday was his last ever NFL home game. He says his heart is filled with nothing but love and gratitude. This comes after Watt reportedly made a tearful exit after Sunday's game against Tampa Bay in which Arizona lost in overtime. In October, the three-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year had his heart shocked into rhythm after going into atrial fibrillation, according to NBC Sports. Watt will be a first ballot Hall of Famer. A recall of blood pressure medication that you need to know about this morning. Lupin Pharmaceuticals is recalling quinapril tablets. It treats hypertension. The tablets have nitrosomines, which are found in meat, dairy, and vegetable, but are the Food and Drug Administration says can increase cancer risk with prolonged exposure. The FDA says no one has gotten sick from it, and Lupin stopped making the drug in September. But if you are on the drug, the FDA says to keep taking it until you can contact your doctor to get on something else. While well, Hayes County family wants closure after the shooting death of their loved one, the sheriff's office says a corrections officer shot and killed an inmate at a hospital. Family and activists are asking what really led up to the shooting. It happened earlier this month at Seton Hospital in Kyle. The county judge asked body cam video be released within 10 days of that incident. But that didn't happen. KXAN's Jayla Washington says law enforcement doesn't have any plans to release it as of right now. Joshua Wright's family viewed his body on Monday after a Hayes County corrections officer shot and killed him weeks ago. Here, Ascension Seton and Kyle. Officer said he tried to escape after assaulting a corrections officer. But activists aren't accepting that answer until body cam footage is released. That's precisely why we have body cam footage so that we can review what actually took place and, and see the, the circumstances uh, around why Mr. Wright lost his life. In a video we can't show yet since we're waiting on permission from the person who recorded, it shows who they say is Wright with shackles around his ankles at some point. Hayes County Sheriff say though he ran through the emergency room when trying to escape. The director of the Combined Law Enforcement Association of Texas, or CLEAT, first tweeted this, saying Wright grabbed sharp medical tools 
then retracted that statement saying Wright had moved toward the tools. I would suggest any person inside of an ER who takes any step in any direction is inadvertently making a move toward a sharp medical instrument. Texas Rangers are investigating and haven't released any new information. And it's not clear when Hayes County sheriffs will release the footage, though Becetta called for it to be released, saying what Cleet says happened conflicts what some witnesses say they saw. Jayla Washington, KXAN News. Thank you, Jayla. Hayes County commissioners approved more than $6 million for public safety, and that includes new body cameras and tasers. The activist in Jayla's report says if money is invested in things like these, then there should be more transparency, releasing body cam footage all the quicker. Thanks for joining KXAN News today. You can also listen to KXAN News Nightly every weekday after 5.30 p.m. for in-depth coverage on what matters most to you.